It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Drogic's left side, Drogic, going to push it off the window, got it, ties it up at 79. Boy, he lulled everyone to sleep on that play. Beautiful play by the Dragon, 20 points for him, and tying the ball game. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 30th of May. Point guards, point guards, and point guards. Where can we find a point guard? That's what's coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Hope you're doing great. Thanks very much for tuning into the show. This is actually probably being dropped on the 29th. It's the 30th day's show. So if you've caught it early and you're wondering, wait a sec, he just said, that's why. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in. I I sincerely appreciate it. Today's show, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a really nice article, Joe Joe Ingles out of Australia. And then we're going to start a series we're doing this week of where can we find a point guard? And what I've done is I'm going to talk to the locked-on hosts of various teams across the NBA. Uh, today's Wes Goldberg of Locked On Heat about whether Goran Dragic might be available. Then we'll try to talk with Kellen Olson of Locked On Suns about whether Eric Bledsoe would be available and if we want him. Uh, we'll try to talk with Sean Woolley of the... Uh, locked on Raptors about Corey Joseph and whether they can afford to move him or not. And then uh, hopefully get a hold of Zach Bennett of Locked on Wolves to talk about Ricky Rubio this week. So that's the plan this week on the show. Also a nice article by Joe Ingles, as I mentioned, we'll talk about. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. My good friends over at Murdoch. Uh, I'm driving the Murdoch Santa Fe or the Hyundai Santa Fe right now and really enjoying it. Uh, You still have a few more days of mania Tuesday and Wednesday. So if you're looking for a car, they are giving 25% off. That means like the 2017 Sonata, 66,700, I can't even say it right, $6,700 off. Like the Tucson, 2017 Tucson's under $20,000 with the deals they have right now. I'm driving the Santa Fe, which is just a terrific car. Uh, The Santa Fe... Uh, they have 25% off. It's often somewhere between, you know, depending on the numbers, 30 to 34 to 37, depending how many deals, things you put into it, and then they're dropping it down. So it's it's they've got great, great offers uh, right now. In fact, they're not even putting it up on the website exactly what they are. Murdoch is uh, Hyundai's at 4646 South State Street. Uh, if you haven't heard the story, I uh, got approached uh, from 
Chase Media Group, some friends. Uh, Adam Chase, good friend of mine, and a uh, long time we've worked together. Mike Chase and I worked together for probably 20 years now. And they said, hey, the guys at Murdoch would really like to talk to you. And so I went and met them, got to know them. And then they, they'd like you to drive a Hyundai. Well, I had I had no idea, honestly. I didn't know much about that brand. I hadn't driven. I'm not a huge car guy. I've been blown away by the quality, the features, the details uh, that exist for uh, in the Hyundai. And I would strongly suggest for you to go take the time to go look it up uh, and find out for yourself what you see uh, in the, in that regard. Because I think you'd be surprised at how many things uh, you can find and the value of what you'll get for your dollar with the Hyundai. So do it over at Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street. All right, lead story today, uh, Joe Ingalls. Really nice article coming out of Fox Sports Australia, and Joe's just really clear about it. He wants to be in Utah. Uh, I think the priority is Utah. I loved it there. Uh, I thought the thing that was interesting, he wrote about as a family, we really like the city. What the team does for the families, which is obviously a little unknown to the outside world, looking after Renee, which they do with all the wives and families and girlfriends and all the significant others is amazing. Obviously, I haven't been with other NBA teams, but the way they did that was probably second to none. It's important to me to know she's looked after when we're away for, say, 10 days. This is really the essence of what Dennis Lindsay. Uh, Linda Lucchetti's been a large part of this, uh, have tried to implement. And what this is is a belief that what we, we can control certain things. And the things we can control as an organization, we can do better than anyone else. So the new practice facility, they can put the players and give them a, an atmosphere day in and day out that's better uh, than anyone else by building this new uh, basketball campus. The other thing is they can do everything they can to make the families feel comfortable. Yeah, if you're a 24-year-old who's looking to party, Salt Lake is probably not the spot you want to be. Um, it doesn't match up. If you need the major city, it doesn't match up. But if you're Trevor Booker and you're 27 and have three kids, if you're Joe Johnson and you're 37 and have 35 and have a child, if you're George Hill and have a newborn, if you're Joe Ingles and you've got two you know, twins, if hopefully if you're Gordon Hayward, you realize that this organization will – do more for the families, and they're going to make sure that this is a place where you suddenly come and say, wait a second, I can get in and out easily with the, with the airport. I, they take care of my families. We can get places easily. The, the communities uh, are interested in kids. There's kids everywhere, and all of those, in all of those regards, discover that this is the place that, no pun intended, where you can uh, really – uh, have have a unique experience that's better than anywhere else, and those are the things that Jazz uh, control. Steve Starks behind the Miller family have, have implemented this, and this is the signature of what Dennis Lindsay is trying uh, to build. He said, Renee and the kids will come wherever as needed. They'll be with me by my side wherever we end up again. Winning is obviously a big part of me, and I want to do but uh, what I've done most of my career, and that's definitely high priority. The money is something that's going to work itself out. I'm not too stressed about that. I'm not going to make my decision on money for sure. There's no way that's going to happen. So Joe Ingles, with a very strong sentiment, uh, said also, I'm not going to be sitting there calling Gordon every two minutes, but it, if everything works out in Utah and they want me and it all comes together, that's great. Hopefully it's quick fix and it's done. So, um, And he also talked about how the team sat around themselves and talked a great amount about what if we'd got everybody right? What if things throughout the year was like, imagine what uh, we could be if we were healthy. And that, I think, is the reoccurring theme. I, I still think the Jazz probably could have been uh, second-best team 
uh, in the West. Me, you know, hard to tell with San Antonio and the injuries they had late to be able to tell. Uh, and their win total was terrific. I don't think the Jazz could have won uh, more regular season games. I'm not sure that's the makeup of what that team was. It hadn't been through it before. But hitting the playoffs, I think they might have had uh, an opportunity uh, to do that. Final start. So that was a big story out of Joe Ingles. Really cool stuff there. Uh, final start Thursday. Hopefully we'll have some more stuff here for you on it. Locked on NBA as well. It's going to be just It's going to be great. Um, and, you know, certainly can't wait to uh, watch it and be a part of it. Draft stuff is heating up as well, uh, and I'll put a focus on that. Um, but right now what I wanted to do uh, was start our series on point guards uh, and welcome in the host of Locked on Heat, Wes Goldberg. Uh, Wes, Goran Dragic, uh, do you think there is – that Pat Riley, let's just start on the on the beginning. Would Pat Riley take a call? Would he at reject any chance of it? Or uh, would he probably at least hold a conversation if it involved Goran Dragic? I think Pat Riley would certainly have any conversation regarding any of the team's assets. The team, the Heat are so asset-strapped right now. They have a pick in this year's draft. They don't have any second-round picks until 2022. They don't have a. They, they owe two first-round picks still uh, to Phoenix for that Goran Dragic trade in the first place. This is a team that really is in a position that they have to listen to anything, whether it be Goran Dragic or anybody else on that roster. Still, though, it's going to take a lot to pry Dragic away from Riley and the Heat because of how important Dragic is right now to that offense and just for that team's competitive chances. Look, this is a team that we were saying should tank at the beginning of the season and everybody knows what happens. They go on a 30-11 run to, to end the regular season. They come within a game of making the NBA playoffs. This is a team that views themselves as competitive and Pat Riley, everybody thinks that he wants to win a title and that's true, but I think he wants to win. The bigger priority for him is winning more than he loses and Goran Dragic gives him a really good chance to at least do that. So what it's going to take to get Dragic is probably going to be more than what the market is willing to give up for Dragic. But I do think Riley would listen. All right, so let's walk through that. Miami's situation right now is not entirely clear uh, because of the fact that what's happening with Chris Bosh. There were some reports uh, last week. But right now they're at $93 million of salary, so they're only $7 million under. Now if Bosh goes... And they get rid of all of that contract. They suddenly, they're now only at seventy million dollars. McRoberts is gonna is gonna opt in, has opted in, uh, and so th- they suddenly have thirty million dollars of cap space. If they were to move Dragic, they would suddenly have forty, you know, and take very little salary back in some way at seventeen million. They could suddenly start trying to rebuild a super team. Do you think that's something in their game plan? For the right player, I think that it, it it could be. But if they were to trade away Dragic, I don't I don't know what kind of super team they'd be able to form. I mean, are, at what point are are you recruiting around Hassan Whiteside? I don't know. Whiteside's a nice player. I don't know that he's some somebody that, that you know guys like Paul Georges are lining up to play with. You know what I mean? It's, this isn't this isn't the same situation where they had Dwayne Wade, who was an ace recruiter, and the main reason why LeBron and Bosch came to Miami. I mean, if you lose Dragic, you don't 
you don't really have anything to sell to for you you have the culture of course and you have all of that but really at that point you just have money and Riley doesn't really look at assets the same way that I think a lot of teams like he, he doesn't come from the he hasn't graduated from San Hinkie University so to speak he doesn't look at assets that way he 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 values veteran players in a way that he's not going to just give it up give one up for the possibility of an asset Unless, of course, he has some information. Whether if he thinks that Paul George would come to Miami, I'm just using Paul George as an example. But if he thinks that a free agent would come to Miami, all he has to do is clear that space to sign two of them. Um, if it's a situation where, like in 2010, you had LeBron, Bosh, and Wade as a possible package deal, and he had to trade away Dragic, I could see that. But I don't know of any situations that are like that on the horizon. Does, do Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony want to suddenly just decide that they want to play together? Maybe that's a possibility, and that's a situation where where Riley would do that. that but that's such a, a minute exception. I don't think that with anything other than something crazy like that happening, I don't see him just trading away Dragic for the opportunity to clear cap space, if that makes sense. So if let's go with this jazz scenario, Dragic is a – what would be something that – what would be a package that you think makes Riley think about it? Well, when we do talk about salary, the Heat, the Heat do have a, a salary issue with guard coming up. First of all, Deion Waiters is a free agent, right? So if they do want to resign him, it's going to cost, let's say, $15 million a year, just where thereabouts. If Dragic coming in at a below-market deal of uh, around $16 million a year, you got Tyler Johnson, who's on a nice contract now, but that but that's going to kick up into uh, around 18 million a year from now. And all of a sudden, now you're paying if you if you resign waiters, you're paying waiters, uh, Dragic, and Tyler Johnson a whole lot of money. Guys that all basically play the same position, and, and not not to mention you have guys like Wayne Ellington and Josh Richardson on the roster now. Uh, Josh Richardson, in particular, who projects to be a valuable role player, if not maybe a starter down the line. So there is a backlog there. So if you're Riley and you're willing, you might be willing to trade Dragic for that reason to a team like Utah who does need a point guard and who might be willing, especially if George Hill leaves in free agency, who would be willing to to pay what it would take in Riley's mind to pry Dragic away. I think what Riley's looking for in that would be wing help, certainly some length, something comparable as far as a veteran goes. Um, I'm trying to think of who would, on Utah would even fit that. And Gordon Hayward is not an option, obviously. Utah wouldn't make that deal. Uh, could you do a sign trade with George Hill and bring him on? Something like that. But it would certainly be some veteran help and then draft picks. We talked about the, the, the cupboards there for Miami as far as draft picks. If you could get a, first, a future first-round pick in return with some veteran help in a, at a position of need for Miami, which would be the wing and, and, and length and scoring in particular, those skills, I could see that. I'm trying to think of what what a specific deal that Utah would do. I'm not sure what it would be. I'm curious to see what you you what you think, David. What what Utah would be willing to offer for Dragic? Well, so if you're looking for cap space, the Jazz can move. Uh, they have cap. Sp- they have space, right? The Jazz are still right. under the cap. So, if the Jazz were to make a move prior to July one, they're still 13.9 million dollars under the cap, so they can absorb. Uh, they also have Boris Diaw has a contract that is non-guaranteed next year, so they can they can send two of those and draft picks. You get no salary hit, 
and you've built up some future assets, you have lost Goran Dragic without a player that fills the gap. Unless you, and then you fill it if you, and then you fill it with free agency if you think maybe Drew Holiday or someone of that sort is is someone you'd rather have. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it, actually, if if, if look, my, Gordon Hayward is Miami's top free agent, and I think that's really only something that people in Miami talk about because everybody else that talks about Gordon Hayward talks about Utah and Boston. No, you, Utah talks about it. Utah's okay. aware. Well, that, that's that's reassuring. But um, let's say Gordon Hayward doesn't happen, right? The chances of that is it, the odds would be against Miami anyway if Vegas were putting odds on it. But so that, that doesn't happen. Miami moves on to their second priority, which is re-signing Deion Waiters and James Johnson. Now, that's their second priority. It's to re-sign both of those guys, not just one, but both of them. That puts Miami at a disadvantage in the free market, where some there might be a team that that wants to just pay James Johnson, I don't know, twenty million dollars a season. Who knows? It could happen. Takes one team, right? Same thing with Deion Waiters. Maybe they want to pay him eighteen million dollars a year. Miami can't. They don't have the cap space to bring both of them back. What? So what if they're both priced out of Miami's price range? They're left without Hayward, no James Johnson, no Deion Waiters. Maybe in that sense, they say, well, maybe we do have to just rebuild this thing. I could see maybe trading Dragic at that point in the middle of the year. Doesn't Utah have two first-round picks this year? Twenty-four. No, I'm sorry. 20, they have yeah. one first-round. Nope, pick. they have two this year. Twenty-four and thirty this year, and two first rounds coming in twenty nineteen, I believe. One of them being Oklahoma City's. Yeah, I wonder if if that if just like worst case scenario, nobody wants to resign with Miami. If they they might trade, they could trade Dragic for two first-round picks this year or a first-round pick this year and a future first, uh, that could be a situation where Utah is able to uh, absorb Dragic's cap space, and then at that point Miami kind of has a way to kind of clear the decks a little bit and make room for these younger players and bring in some younger players. But, again, that's just this is the same sort of thing. I'm kind of talking my way in circles here, but that's the only situation I could see them maybe just clearing Dragic for cap space. Is the expectation is the Riley expectation that you're going to be game. sorry? Is the expectation that you're going to be free of Bosch's contract? Yes, yes. It's actually been the uh, the Sun Sentinel and Miami Herald recently reported that uh, Bosch and the Heat have come to an agreement that they that they will waive Bosch under the medical exception. And actually, under the new CBA, there is a the old rules stipulated that. If Bosch were to be released under this exception, but then go play for another team for twenty at least twenty five games, his cap number would go back on Miami's salary cap, which created a lot of hesitation on the Heat's part, obviously, because you don't want to lose a player like Bosch, have him play for another team, and then get still stuck with his his cap on your salary book. But under the new CBA, that rule is not a that, that rule doesn't exist anymore. So they they will be able to clear Bosch's cap, and they won't have that looming threat of him going somewhere else to play. 25 games and have that, that his cap will never go back on the book. So long story short, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna waive them. They're gonna it's gonna probably be in June at some point that they do it, um, and they'll be able to enter free agency with around 38 million dollars of cap space. So here's what here's the only scenario I think gets interesting is they have 31 million dollars of cap space right now. Uh, mm-hmm. That includes Dion Waiters cap uh, hit with Dion Waiters, and the question is is there any reason why they suddenly want forty-eight million dollars. 
right? Is there something that they can gain by having $48 million of cap space rather than 31 that would make it worth them to free themselves from Dragic's 18 million, 17 million this year, 18 million the year after, and then the player option for 19 million? It would have to mean getting one of the big free agents if it's Hayward. Um, I don't think that they'd be willing to spend 30 million plus on Millsap or Blake Griffin, but let's say they are. Uh, one of those players, in addition to re-signing a James Johnson and Deion Waiters, if you wanted to bring in, for example, Hayward, Deion Waiters, and James Johnson, and you thought that that core uh, was better than Hayward, Deion Waiters, and Goran Dragic, right? You, they, they value James Johnson more than they value Goran Dragic, or they say, uh, well, if we have Waiters, Josh Richardson, and Tyler Johnson, Goran Dragic is expendable. You know, we don't want too many redundancies on the roster. Gordon Hayward's a ball handler, so we, we don't have the need for a, prim- a primary ball handler as much anymore. That would be the situation, but um, just for the just for the, the the pure value of clearing up that cap space. Other than that, I don't see it. Well, it's an interesting conversation. We'd like to believe that if you trade for if we trade for Gordon Dragic, there's no way Gordon Hayward leaves at that point. So um, that would take that off the list. But you know, for all you know, you got Paul George and Blake Griffin as the next super team with Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, maybe not. All right, Wes, okay. keep Hope up not. keep up the great work on Locked On Heat. Thank you for joining us for our little uh, game we're playing to see what deals might be able to come about. Thanks for having me, David. Sorry we couldn't work out a trade that worked for both parties. Thanks to Wes for joining the show. We'll have more of these features as the week continues. Looking for the Jazz next point guard. Can they find one before July 1? To avoid going into free agency, searching for both Gordon Hayward and George Hill signatures at the same time, or will the Jazz go that route uh, because of the connectivity uh, between those two? Today's show was brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State Street. Come check it out. Mayhem's got a few more days left at Murdoch Hyundai. Jazz draft stuff coming up, uh, finals coverage, all of it here on Locked on Jazz. Uh, so we'll continue to fire through for you and hopefully uh, be chatting with uh, another Locked On for tomorrow on the search for a point guard. It is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.